Our Father and our God, we want to thank you for this moment. Lord, I just trust you with this one. That you bring it out the way you want it to come out. And that you help us to hear what you want us to hear. And to understand what you want us to understand. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, um, the beginning of every year when God gives us the theme, I really don't know the direction it's going. All I know is this is the theme. But it's like I live every week at a time. And just listening, trying to find out where he's going with this thing. It takes a while before you really can say, okay, okay, okay. Because he doesn't tell you everything that day. And this message is one message that I've been trying. But I knew he wanted to pass something across. But I was trying to grab it by my spirit. It was a real battle. So, but I, I believe by the grace of God I got something. But maybe by next Sunday we'll teach you how to receive things by your spirit. Because many people try to receive by their flesh. They fell flat. You never receive by your flesh. Forget it. It's not going to happen. So I was trying to chase this, and I know he was saying something. And I'm, I spent almost all day here yesterday. I slept only three hours. And I was begging him, say, look, can I grab one more hour of sleep so that I catch this thing you want to say? And the thing was coming to me like this. You know. But I give you the much I perceive by my spirit. And I trust the Lord will bless you. I didn't hear a big amen here. Well, we're talking about, you know, that Jesus came to give us life and health. We hear something like this. Oh, Pastor, but we heard it before. Sure, but how many people really walk in health? In John 10, 10, he defined his mission. He said, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have what? Life. That you will have life. If you stop there, and that would be awesome. But he went further to describe what he was offering you. Being a very excellent communicator, he doesn't leave shadows. So he says, and that you have it, how? More abundantly. Which means I'm supplying you everything in abundance. There's nothing like manage. It's always in abundance. And then the scripture tells us how to access this life that he came to. I want us to rise up, please. Rise up. Rise up. Stretch forth your hand towards me and pray. Pray for me. Pray. Pray for me, not for you. Stretch your hand and pray for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Shall we be seated? So in Proverbs 4, 2022, he tells us how to assess, and you better listen. It's important that you get this. How to assess this life. He says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to quit myself to hear it to my sayings. Do not let them depart from where? Your eyes, because out of sight, it's out of mind. Keep them in the midst of your heart. He said, first of all, you've got to hear it like I'm preaching it now. Then you've got to keep it in view by meditating on it. And then so you don't forget it, you keep it in your heart. 
You saw for they are life. They are life. He says, what I'm telling you is life. It's not just I want to obey God and be holy. No, he says it's life. It's a mystery of God. But that's life. That's what he said. He said, I came to give you life and give you life more abundantly. Now he's telling you how to assess that life. He said they are life to those who find them and health to some of their flesh. What did he say? All of it. Health. Health to all of their flesh. In Deuteronomy 30, the Lord said, I've said before you today life and good, death and evil. God says it's a choice everybody has to make. Either you choose life or you choose death, but God won't choose it for you and nobody chooses it for you. You know, there are people who don't, don't care about the word of God. That's their choice. You don't have to follow them. You really don't have to. There are people who get entertained by the word of God. You don't have to follow them. It's choice we'll all make. You know, Wigglesworth said, he said the church is just bringing, betting entertainment. <laughs> See, they're just entertaining people. Entertaining. Say no. When God shows up, God himself will entertain you his way. People make choices. You don't have to follow them. There are people who don't study their Bible. You don't have to follow them now. They made their choice. They made a choice. There are people who never, never, never meditate on scriptures. That's their choice. You don't have to follow them. Everybody has to make this choice. God says, I brought you life in abundance. It's coming through my word. Keep it in view. Listen to it. Meditate on it. And he says, now it's a choice everybody makes. It will heal you. It's a choice everybody makes. You know, in, in, in creation, when God began his, the creation, and this, the scripture told us the story of creation, Genesis 1 is a mystery. Genesis 1 is a huge mystery. Because he said in the beginning, God created heavens and earth. That's why I stopped. It's a huge mystery. That line and the second line, in the beginning, God created heavens and what? Earth. And then look at verse 2. The earth, which means the earth was there. God created heaven and earth. And now the earth, the earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And nothing happened. The power was there. The Holy Spirit was there. But there was no life. Why? God produces life through his word. It has always been so. So when God, the Spirit of God says, incline to my words because life is coming from there. You choose not to. You choose death. You don't just do God's word because you want to obey. Yeah, it's good to obey God, but I'm telling you, God says it's your source of life. So the place was dark, no void, empty, and the Holy Spirit was there. You think that because the Holy Spirit was there, something will automatically happen. It didn't happen. Then verse 3. 
Then God what? Until the word came, nothing happened. Right from creation. Remember God said, I don't change. God said, I don't change. What you see me do then is what I do today. So it's I don't change. Why? God can't improve on what he does. There's no more improvement. What he did then, there's no... God can say, oh, okay, this is a better way to do it. No, it doesn't change. Until the word came. Then God said, let there be what? Light. What happened? Before God spoke, the power was there. The Holy Spirit was there. Was there light? I'm asking you. Nothing. And then you can go through the story of creation. You find that each time God spoke, life came. Something was made. Each time, if he didn't speak, nothing. He had to speak. And the thing was made. Let there be, and let this do this. And that the Holy Spirit will now make it happen. But not before the word came. Now in the new creation, it's the same thing. Nobody had life until the word came. Nobody had life until the word came. In John 5.30, I'm sorry, uh, John 4.34, this is what Jesus was teaching us, that life, his own life comes from the word too. He said, then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. He says, I draw life the same way you should draw life. The God says, hey, listen to this, keep it in view. The heart. Jesus said, that's the way I draw life. Things happen in my life because I allow the world to come. I allow the world to what? To take place, to take root, to find a place in my life. So he said, then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. From not just hearing, but doing. Doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. He said, that's what he, the word, when the word comes to me, he finds a fertile ground and produces life. Produces what you see. The word comes to me and finds a fertile ground. And produces, he said, as food produces your life naturally, so this word produces life. When I do it, I don't just do it to obey my father. If I don't do it, death takes place. There's no production of life. Because the word is the source of life. So 1 Corinthians 15, 45. And so it is written, the first Adam became a life, a living being, then the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So how did, how did this life-giving spirit produce life? We just had the word comes and now Jesus is life-giving spirit. He shows us by his word too. That's what he said. Because God doesn't use different method. By his word too. John 6, 63. 
The Spirit alone gives eternal life. How does it do that? Remember, it says, I'm the life-giving Spirit. The Spirit alone gives eternal life. So how does it do that? It's a human accomplishment. Human efforts accomplishes what? Nothing. There is nothing from man that gives life. Forget it. Life is from God. Now, and the very words I have spoken to you, they are spirit and life. He's saying, I came to give you life, but it's coming the same way God created heaven and by his word. This life will come by the words the spirit produces, speaks to you. The same way the word of my father produces life in me, the same way the word that I speak to you, if you, if you give it a fertile ground, it will produce life in you. If you, are, if you are following me, say amen. Now you realize that this choice is critical now. Because what I'm choosing is either life or death. So it's not a question of, you know, let me obey God and be a holy person. No, no, no. There is something else there. It's a choice that gives me either life or what? You are not, you are not understanding it's a choice that gives me either what? Life or what? If I understand that, then doing his word becomes, there's no option but to do it. Because it's for my own sake. There is no, it's not, there's no question of whether or whether that. Because choose life or death. The word I sent gives you life. You reject it. You take another word. It produces death in you. It ceases to produce life activity, whether you're in business, whatever. It is that word that produces life there, 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 in your heart, in your body, everywhere. It's that word that produces the, the life that God wants it to produce. Jesus said, I'm a life-giving spirit, but this spirit gives you life, the word I speak to you. The word I speak to you. Do you realize that one of the things that Christians don't pay attention to is the word, is the word of God. It's the least, it's the least people give attention to. And yet it's the most important. Is it not this word that God said, I've exalted the above? And the Lord told me, he said, I want you to teach your people and explain to them this misconception that some, some denominations have made out of this thing, and it's not true, it's not biblical. In John 6 47, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me had what? Which means if the world will find the fertile ground and you accept and believe it, it produces life. Now, 48. I am the bread of life. 49. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So some people took this scripture and said that the Holy Communion 
Will you take it? You have life. It's not true. It's not true. Because what Jesus is talking about is not physical thing. It's not physical thing. He said, the, Lord, the word I speak to you is life and spirit. So he's not talking about what you eat physically. It has nothing to do with this physical realm. That interpretation is not scriptural at all. That's what some denominations teach people. And the Lord said to me, correct it here. It has nothing to do. Jesus said, you see the word I'm speaking to you, people? It is spirit. It's not natural. So it's not bread and butter, bread and wine, you point the cup. And a whole life denominations teach this. And people think that in that you go to heaven. That is, if you take Holy Communion, then you are going, going to what? No. No. No, no. Jesus said the purpose of the Holy Communion is to remind you of the words I'm speaking to you, to put in remembrance of the cross. That's the purpose. It's to put you in remembrance, to remind you of me. It's not to go to, it's not, no. Because he said here, John 6, 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me had everlasting. It's believing. It's not eating bread. If you don't, if you don't receive the son, you don't have eternal life. If you like, take a look at me a hundred times. Because what gives you is what? When you receive the word, you receive his spirit. Am I correct? If you agree, say amen. It's part of what I say, pray for me. Because we are delving into areas that God says, correct this thing. Because some of your people are believing this thing. John 6, 53 to 58. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh drinks my blood, abides in me, I eye him, as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna, it's not physical bread. And that dead, that which is spirit is spirit. That which is flesh is flesh. He who eats this bread will live forever. Why is Jesus saying that you have to eat me? Because it's the word made flesh. Praise the Lord. The word became flesh. He's the living word that the written word is revealing to us. He is the living word. And he says, you get this flesh. When you eat me, you eat my word, which I'm giving you, that reveals me to you. Ezekiel 2, 8, 19.
Sorry, Ezekiel 2 9. Then I looked and saw a hand reaching out to me. It held a scroll, which he unrolled, and I saw that both sides were covered with funeral songs, words of sorrow, and pronouncements of doom. Ezekiel 3 1. The voice said to me, Son of man, eat what I'm giving you. What is he giving Ezekiel? Huh? The word. Eat this scroll. Remember the shadow is revealing the real. Eat this scroll. Then go and give its message to the people of Israel. Eat it. Verse 2. So I opened my mouth and he fed me the scroll. Fill your stomach with this, he said. And when I ate it, it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. He's saying, to eat this food, this word, this word is what to eat. You don't take it like bread. and it, You eat it through, through your ears. It comes through your ears and goes into your heart. Now, Old Testament will help us understand this scripture very well. First Corinthians 10 from verse 1. It says, moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same, what? I'm not hearing, oh, the same what? Spiritual food. Continue. And all drank the same what? Spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. That rock. So they ate the spiritual food, they drank, and the rock they were drinking was the word given to them in the wilderness. He said that rock was Christ. The next verse. But with most of them, God was not pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Why? Continue now. Now these things came, became our what? Examples. You choose life. <laughs> you eat the man. You eat my word, you have life. You reject it, produces death. Say so this is example. Now these things became our example. So to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lost it, verse seven. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. You know this is insignificant. Because what they were eating and drinking is not the world that gives life. They were eating demonic doctrine that taught them to worship idol. They were eating, they were drinking, but not the one that gives what? Life. Continue. Now let us commit sexual immorality. See, where are those kind of eating and drinking leads people to death? Now let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and the one day 23,000 fell 
brings death, not life. Continue now. Now let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Death, not life. They rejected. They rejected the word that gives life. In Acts 7.38, they were described as the church in the wilderness. This is he that was in the church. In the church, in the wilderness. We are still a church in the wilderness because the world is wilderness. This is the church. This is the shadow showing us how the real also operates. It's not different. Remember, the blessing you have is not different from their own. They said we have spiritual blessings too. Now we have the blessings of Abraham. And it says, this is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spoke to him in Mount Zion and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. That verse, verse 38, let me read it in New Living Translation. Let me start from 37. Moses himself told the people of Israel, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Moses was with our ancestors, the assembly of God's people in the wilderness. That's what is called the church. And when the angel spoke to him at Mount Zion, and there Moses received, what did he receive? Life giving what? Words to pass on to us. They rejected it. They rejected it and produced death. They died. They rejected it. But our ancestors refused to listen to Moses. They rejected him and wanted to return to Egypt. They told Aaron, make us some gods who can lead us, for we don't know what has become of this Moses who brought us out of Egypt. So the scripture told us plainly that they drank spiritual drink, ate spiritual food, and that food was the word, the life-giving word, which was brought to them. And in Hebrew, the Holy Spirit said, the gospel was preached to them. The same life-giving gospel was preached to them. Therefore, since a promise, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Are you following me up to here? Have I lost you? If I've lost you, I'm going to sit down. Because I want you to follow me. That's why I say pray for me. Because I know we're going to delve into something. And dismantle something. If you're following me up to here, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Okay, fine. Keep following me. Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 1. Therefore, since the promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, let any of you seem to have come short of it. Verse 2. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as what? Life-giving word was preached to them. I'll soon show you what it is. It was preached to them. The church in the wilderness. The Bible says it was written for the example of the church for today. But the word which they had did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith in those who had. They didn't believe it. They didn't accept it. So the, the, bread, they, the bread they eat in the, they ate in the wilderness, the water they drank, was the water coming from the word, which is Christ. Christ has always been the word. Has always been the word. Has, the revelation calls him the word. In the beginning was what? The word. 
has always been the word. Has always been in the mix of everything God did. Everything created came through the word. So, look at Romans 5.12. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. Remember the word brought life? Brought death. So, death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. Verse 13. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given. But it was not counted as sin because they were, that there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to where? The time of Adam to where? Read it. From the time of Adam to where? I want you to catch it. Read it. From the time of Adam to when? I want you to talk to me. From the time of Adam to when? Why? God gave them life-giving word to stop death. What did he give them? The blood of animals. The blood of animals. God showed them that if you put the blood... On your lintel. When I say the blood, I shall what? And God established the new covenant on the blood of animals, simple, and gave it to them. They rejected the worship of God. The Bible says to them was given the oracles of God, the worship of God, and all these things. They rejected it and preferred idols. That's what that scripture is talking. That the word given to them was food. It was Christ. It was a shadow of the coming Christ who will now come with a perfect blood. The church in the wilderness was giving life-giving word. The blood stopped death because death was raining until the time of Moses when God gave them that revelation of the blood. Gave them the oracles. They were the people, the oracle, they, had the, they were the people speaking for God. They were people of God chosen. But the Bible says they prefer to worship idols, and they died. If they didn't worship idols and kept to the blood, they wouldn't have died. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. Now, so now we have established that what the scripture is talking about, Jesus is saying, eat my flesh, eat my blood. He's talking about his word because he has always been the word. It is not a ritualistic thing. The gospel points us again to the blood of Jesus, points us again to what he did on the cross. And remember that if Jesus didn't go to the cross, if he didn't shed his blood, there would not be life for any of us. If you like, eating bread. Life was offered to us because he gave up his own life. And he says, this life comes to you by my word, the gospel which I will send to you. If you receive it, you have life. If you reject it, you don't have life. If you agree, shout hallelujah. Hebrew 9.18. That is why even the first covenant was put into effect with the blood of an animal. For after Moses had read each of God's commandments to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water and sprinkled both the book of God's law and all the people using his up branches, scarlet wood. Then he said, this blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacles and on everything used for worship. In fact, 
according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was preferred with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is what? And if there is no forgiveness, there is no life. It's not by eating bread. It's not by eating bread. When you believe that kind of junk, you take away your faith in the blood onto bread. It won't work. God didn't send you bread to save you. He sent you the Son of God. Are you with me? Have I left you? If you are with me, shout hallelujah. Jesus said, I came to give you life. I'm a life-giving spirit. And the way I give it is the word I speak to you is spirit, is life. The gospel that will come to you is from my spirit. That word, if you receive it, you have life. If you reject it, you have death. If you like doing another ritual, you're your own. That's why he said, let me take you back and show you what he said at the beginning so that you can catch it. After clearing this, we go on to what the Lord said to me. He said, teach this. John 6, 47. Verily, John 6, 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me had everlasting life. So he's talking, once you believe my word, you have everlasting life. It's not by ritual. Once you believe, what is the word telling you? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall have how did it happen? He said, this my body is the body I'm giving for you to have life. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to give my life there. I'm going to shed my blood there. He said, all these things were done so that life will come to you. I will die, take your place, and so you can take my place. That's what he said. He said, the, the bread I'm giving you is my body, which I am offering to you. It shouldn't confuse you anymore after today. Praise the Lord. Have I done a good job here? Okay, so let's let's uh, move on now. Did I read Romans five twelve? Huh? I did. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you did a good job. Thank you. So in, in, in uh, John chapter 6, verse 68, then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. You have the word that gives life. And we believe and assure that thou art Christ, the son of the living God. You have this word that gives life. It's the word of eternal life that talks of your body that was crucified, your blood that was shed, which you gave to the world as food. If they eat it, remember, that's the word. Christ is the word. If you eat the word, you have life. You reject the word. We have that. Now, 
God also spoke, speaks today to us through Christ Jesus and people he has anointed to bring his word to us. So that's another dimension of his word which also will give you life. I talked about the one on the cross, the gospel that gives life. And I'm talking about another dimension of his word which gives life, which means his instructions. Hebrew 1.1, 1, 1. Hebrew 1.1. 1, 1. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. Now, you see, going to prophets to find out what God is saying is not scriptural. You say, yeah, Old Testament, you could go to prophets. He was speaking through them. They say, today, he's speaking to us through his through what? Can't hear. Through what? Why? The son said, my sheep here, they don't need any prophet. Go to the prophet to ask him whether you will marry my granddaughter. You won't marry her, I will kick you out. If you tell me that, I say, my friend, go away. So you take my beautiful granddaughter to your prophet. You are, you are not marrying her. Stop all this kind of junk, my friend. Look, live as Christians. You have the spirit of God in you. Christ is your sufficiency. You have the covenant with God. To eat the word, that's all you need. Take the word and eat will be life. You, you, you find instruction, the word is lamp, it's light to instruct you in everything. Make you wise unto salvation. Build your faith. Man, the word is incredible. I, I wasn't even, I, look, sometimes I wonder, I said, why are Christians this way? I wasn't even born again. But I was merely religious. And I spent my years in university. Never had one girlfriend. Didn't even want. Didn't even desire. Never made attempt. Never woke up to think. I never went to get sister. Never. 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 Five years in university. I didn't know what, how their gospel was. Their hospital. Whether I was black. Right? They have interest in things like that. Didn't attract me at all. Oh boy, but the girls came after me because I was hot, man. Man, I was really hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, they wait for me. They know the way I, the way I go to study. They, I'm, not, I'm telling the truth. They wait for me and stop me, start talking to me. Then I'll be studying. They'll be putting, I would think it's mosquito. I'll be killing mosquito. I wouldn't know that somebody is touching me. I didn't tell because things like that never crossed my mind. Never crossed my mind. Never, I didn't have interest. In fact, some of them stopped me and offered to be my girlfriend. I said, I don't have time for it. Why is it that the people of today, Pentecostals, occupy their minds with the things of the world? It baffles me. When we have the glorious gospel, the glorious world, man, you get into the world, you don't get out. It's amazing the revelations you find there. And when, when, listen, I wasn't looking for a wife. Look, God has your life ordered. I wasn't looking for a wife. Wasn't pl- Who, whoever looks for a wife, second year of a five year program at the university? Nobody. I was very young. And then the Lord showed me my wife. I wasn't praying about wife, nothing, absolutely nothing. But the minute I saw her, I knew she was my wife. And I made the worst mistake no man should ever make. I didn't talk to her. I wrote her and said, I want you to be my wife. I didn't say, what's your name? I didn't say anything. 
I wrote. That's the worst mistake you can make. However, that mistake worked. Because when she saw me, oh, ooh. all her resistance, boom. she saw a man. There's nobody like this man in their village. Oh, he said. Saw a very handsome man. Then my waist was 34. Man, he saw me and I'm like, whoa, she went, yeah, whoa. But the point was because my mind was not clogged with agnes and bump. I had no certainty in my heart. So it was easy for my spirit to pick up what God was. I wasn't even, I, I, I was simply religious because my father was a pastor, a very godly man. Never, I never kept late night all my life. I didn't know what it means to go keep late night. I never did it. Nobody told me I never did that. I never went out, came back late. Never. All my life, I've never chased a woman. This crossed my mind. I yet all this so holy baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's all they bother about. Now, let's go back to the scripture. Lord, I don't know why it took me there. But God is talking to somebody here. Can I hear amen? amen. Brethren, Jesus said, seek you first what? He said, all these things will be what? You don't have to chase suit to marry. You don't have to chase money. You're wasting your time doing the wrong things. That's what Jesus is saying. If you, my word will give you life. Follow it. It looks foolish. It will lead you to your satisfaction and leads you to green pastures and what kind of water? Still water. No, you won't do that. No, no, no. You know what you're doing? You are choosing death. It's easy. Choose it this day. Death or life. It's up to you. It's not up to your pastor. It's up to you. So Hebrew 1.1. 1, 1. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in this last final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance and through the son, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the son is far greater than angels. So in case you think he's talking of angels, you say, no, I'm not talking of angels. I'm talking about the son. So I'm far greater than angels, such as this, the name God gave him is greater than their name. So this day, God is speaking to us through his son. Every one of us. In Hebrew 2.1. Therefore, we ought to give the more honest heed to the things which we have had. So you should listen to these things. It's a word of life. When you do them, you pro- it produces life for you, not death. Produces life for you. He said, therefore, we ought to give the more honest heed to the things we've had, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at faith began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that had him. God also bearing them witness. 
You can't neglect what God says, even through his servants. That's life for you. First one is Christ brought us life through the gospel. This one is God gives instructions. Like Onyeka was preaching. Man, Onyeka's sermon has gone viral. Everybody that spoke to me, because one woman called me yesterday, he said, Onyeka, I said, I, said, I, said, I had that boy. He said, is it your son? I said, yeah, it's my son. It's my son. Onyeka was saying it. What God tells you is life. It's not just to obey God. No, you should know that it's obey God and honor God. But to you, it's life. Jesus said, to do what he said is life to me. If you begin to change your paradigm from just trying to obey God, you think you have options. And realizing that you are choosing death if you don't, it will change the way you respond to God. It will change the way you respond to God instantly. Because you realize that if I'm not choosing what he's saying, what am I choosing? I want to hear you. What am I choosing? You can't see life. You can't see the participation. The word hasn't come for the Holy Spirit to do what God wants to do there. Because you choose another word. That's why the devil is very active producing all manner of doctrines because he knows it will produce death. Produce death. How many people you see who are cold, they, don't, they are no fervent in spirit, they have been eating death. From words that don't come from God. Their life is gone, gone crazy. They can't read Bible. I'm telling you, people who say they are Christians, they, they haven't read Bible in one month. They are living in death because what they are feeding, they are causing that thing. It's not producing life. Their spirit is not picking life. They can't pray effectively. Have you seen Christians who can't stop gossiping? I mean, they can't stop gossiping. Even in church, they gossip. Even during service, they gossip. They have diarrhea mouth. I'm not kidding. There are people who can't stop bearing grudge. In their heart is a record of something somebody did. They are abiding in death. God says, so. He that hated his brother is living what? In death. Because the word that is feeding him it's not life. It's not coming from me. It's not producing life. It's not producing life. Let me show you what Jesus said here. I mean, James 1.22. Am I communicating? James 1.22. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his words become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life, which means let, you, let your life act it out. And then verse 23, if you listen to the word and don't leave out the message you hear, you become like a person who looks in the mirror of the world to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You receive, you, you perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the world, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their glaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and, and respond to the truth they hear, are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all they do. 
it produces life in your business, in your job, in everywhere. I was reading about Paul. I was fascinated by this man's life. That this man was producing life everywhere. He was in a shipwreck, which wasn't his fault. He told them, hey, don't get out again. Is he listening to God? They didn't listen to him. The people as far as say, oh no, the weather looks good, so they shut up. Pretty soon they ran into a serious storm for over, I don't know how many days, I was, more than two, two, two weeks they were in darkness. And Paul rose up. Oh, praise the Lord. He said, the angel of the Lord, whose I am, and whom I serve, came today. Hey, that introduction blew my head. He said, God who I serve and whom I belong to. He knew his divine origin because he was dwelling in the world, dwelling in Christ. Even darkness in the sea could not overcome him. And God said to him, Paul, life is with you. Not only for you, all these 200 and something people in the ship will not die because you are there. Think of it. Think of it. He said, God has given you all of your life to me. He said, because I'm here, none of you would die. In the midst of storm of life, the life in him was so much covered everybody. One man was there. 200 and something people were saved. Why? Because one man who said Christ is my all and all was there. Made all the difference. He made all the difference. Made all the difference. You can even imagine Paul not doing what Jesus said. It's unimaginable. Couldn't do that. Paul said, when I come to Corinth, he says, it's not, it's not all these people who talk, I want to see. I want to see them in who the Spirit is active and walking. Paul stood out. God said, I've given you the lives of people with you. They won't die because you're there. Be, because of your presence, they won't die. What will you do with what God is telling you? Jesus said, listen to me. If you want life, I want us to bow our heads.